Father, we want to come to you and we thank you for this time that we can come together, we can worship you. And we thank you for the absolute love and grace that you have on us as your people. And it is such an honor to come together with men and women from all walks of life, different backgrounds, different cultures, to come to the one God who created us all in his image, who desires for every man, woman, and child to worship him. And so, Father, let our hearts have an attitude of worship today as we sing songs, as we listen to your word, as we fellowship with each other, when we come around your table, when we give our our gifts today, may it all be in an attitude of worship to our one true God, the creator of heaven and earth. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Before you open your eyes, I want to ask you to keep your eyes closed for a second. Just close your eyes, keep your head down just for a second. And I want to ask you this question. I want you to go back with me in your mind's eye. I want you to go back to a time that you have found yourself absolutely alone in the dark. Think about it. Where was a time or a place that you found yourself alone in the dark? Do you remember how you felt? Do you remember how, what feelings ran through your mind, the emotions you had? Maybe some of you felt cold. Maybe some of you were scared. Maybe you felt lonely. Maybe you felt vulnerable. You can open your eyes. Just keep that thought in your mind today of what it's like to be in the dark. It was about 10 years ago, and some of you have heard this, and um, I... I want to share it again, though, but it was about 10 years ago that my wife Kelly and I took our family on a vacation down to Mammoth Cave in Cumberland Falls in my home state of Kentucky, and we started our vacation by camping out at uh, Mammoth Cave National Park, and it was absolutely miserable. I mean, it was terrible. It rained for two hours hard every day. One day it was four inches of rain, and our tent, the fly that goes over it, had little bitty pinholes all in it. So everything we owned was drenched every day, and it rained hard, like I said. And then after about two or three hours of hard rain, the sun would come out and the temperatures would soar to over 100 degrees, and I'm telling you, the humidity wasn't far behind. It was miserable. And the only place we ever got relief is when we went down and stood at the mouth of the cave because all that air coming out is about 68 degrees. And we actually took a couple of cave tours, and we enjoyed that, and that was fun. But on one of those cave tours we, we took, uh, we went through a couple of different obstacles. They have those all throughout. One of them is called Fat Man's Misery. I might have struggled with that one. I might not have, I'm not going to tell you, but uh, anyway, that's what they call it. It's a real tight squeeze, and you got to suck it in to get through. Uh, another place is where they bring you all together, and they have this thing called total darkness. And so you have these several people all just huddled together, and you're about 100 feet or more inside the earth, and they turn off the, the tour lights that they have. 
and it is absolute dark. I mean, you can't see your hand in front of your face, or I couldn't, and nobody I talked to who's ever done it uh, could see it, and, and it's just, it's absolute darkness, and, um, and, and it's just one of those times where you just feel alone and cold, and there's, there's no, I mean, even though you're surrounded by people, you can't see them. You really can't see your hand in front of your face, and I couldn't imagine trying to walk around life like that. But you know, uh, that's what a lot of people do. A lot of people live their lives walking around in total darkness, spiritually speaking. I'm not talking about visually impaired. I'm talking about people who walk around in total spiritual darkness. And guess what, guys? God wants us to walk in the light of his word. He absolutely wants us to walk in the light of his word. This is our last sermon in this series that we started back at the beginning of January entitled The Word. I thought it'd be a great series to start our year off with, talking about the importance of being in God's word each and every day for all of us and and how it can shape our lives. But uh, we're wrapping it up today. And so today we're going to talk about how God's word is a light And why that's so important for us getting up in the morning and going to work or going to school or staying at home, whatever it is you're doing, wherever you find yourself, there's a reason God's Word is so important for your life. It's important for all of our life decisions. Every decision we make, we should and could run through the Word of God, through His Scriptures. It helps us when we interact with family and friends and co-workers, and all those kinds of things. So this morning, we're going to look at just one verse of Scripture, one, one little verse. It's very familiar to probably everybody in here. But if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to turn to Psalm 119 and verse 105. Psalm 119, verse 105. And then hang on to your Bibles, because we're going to be in a lot of different passages today. And I want to encourage you to try and get to those, uh, get to know your Bible, read it, and see it. So Psalm 119 verse 105. I know it's not long, but it is God's word. So I want to invite you, if you would, stand with me as we read this one verse together out of respect. If you're able, if you're not able, keep your seat. God knows your heart. It's more important to have a heart knelt before God than to be standing as you read his word if you can't. So here we go. Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. That's it. You can have seat. What do you think about that? I just want you to think about that verse. Is that true for you? Is God's Word a lamp for your feet? Is God's Word a light on your path? And you know he's talking metaphorically. His, is His Word, does it illuminate your path as you go through life? Does it guide you in every step you're taking? And what you're doing and the decisions you're making? So the first thing we have to do is make sure We are following the right light. That's right, there's many lights out there. Now listen, I've never been sailing. I've always been fascinated with sailing. I've been on boats. I've been on really big boats. I've been fortunate enough to have, take two cruises in my life. And when I was uh, stationed in uh, Desert Storm, I had the opportunity to go on the USS Mercy. It's, uh, you may have heard about it during COVID. It went and I think docked in New York City. Uh, it's a hospital ship. I wasn't injured, but I had lunch on that thing. And those Navy guys eat really, really good. They eat better than we did. But anyway, I, I just, I'm impressed with guys who sail. 
especially guys who sail by celestial means, those guys who sail by planets and stars, and that's all they use. They don't use a, a GPS or any of that kind of stuff to sail. They just use the stars. And when you look up in the sky here in Macomb at night, you might see, you know, a few hundred stars, maybe a thousand. You know, but when you're out on the open waters, like on the ocean, and you look up, there's thousands upon thousands. Or take off and go to some place like the Grand Canyon, and you lay there and you look up, and there's just thousands upon thousands of stars. Take time to notice all of those. And those sailors who navigate by those celestial means only, they use the moon, they use planets, they use Polaris, and then there's only 57 stars. Okay? Think about that. There's only 57 stars that they use to navigate by. Take a look at this picture, if it'll come up here, if you can see it. Can you see that? Can you see all those little dots, all those stars? Now, here's your challenge. Pick out the 57 stars that you can navigate by. See, here's the, here's the thing, guys. It's important to follow the right light. If you don't follow the right light, you're going to get off course. And it's going to take you into choppy waters, and you're not going to know how to navigate through that. So it's important that each and every one of us follow the right light. And we have an enemy, and he specializes in deception. Deception is one of his specialties, and he's really good at applying the camouflage of light to our lives. He tries to trip us up with it. The Apostle Paul warned the church in Corinth in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. Paul said, For Satan himself, our enemy, masquerades as an angel of light. That's why it's so important that we choose to follow the right light. See, Paul's warning this church that, uh, and us, you and me, that Satan wants us to think that he's good, that he's truthful, that he's loving, that he's powerful, all the things that God is. And most people are drawn to light. Most people aren't drawn to darkness. So for Satan to appear as some dark, devilish being with little horns and a goatee may not be, it's probably not that appealing to most people. And that's why he masquerades as an angel of light. He's beautiful to our eyes. He lures us in. He's very, very attractive. Our enemy is. So he camouflages himself in light because he knows we're like moths to a flame. We're drawn to light as human beings. He's that, he's that fake flame that wants to draw us in. So how do we determine which is the light of God and which is the light of Satan? How do we determine between that? Because our minds and hearts are, are easily confused by conflicting messages. I mean, they just are. How can we make sure we're on the right path? Well, Psalm 119, verse 130. So you're right there in Psalm 119. Just look down. 25 verses to verse 130, and, it, and, and the psalmist wrote this, the unfolding, listen to the words, the unfolding of your words gives light. So what's that mean? In plain old speak, it means as you unpack God's word into your life, it's going to give light. You cannot substitute the importance of being in the written word of God 
That's, that's the desperate cry of the psalmist. This is a psalmist who has encountered sin, who has stumbled in his path, in his walk. He knows this better than any of us. And the reason I know he stumbled is because you know his story. You know his story. How he sinned against God and, and he, he violated his marriage and all these other things. But the unfolding of your words gives light. Do you unfold God's word into your life each and every day? Into your life decision. And he goes on, he says, it imparts understanding to the simple. Well, I'm simple, and it helps me to understand as, he un as I unfold his word. The words of God, they have power. The words written in this Bible, they have power for your life. Just as God's voice spoke physical light into existence, it can speak spiritual light into our hearts. Exposure to his voice and his word uh, will help us recognize the difference between the good light of God and the counterfeit light of our enemy. So you have to be in his word. Satan presents sin to us as something pleasing, as something beautiful, as something that we, we see and we desire. And he presents false teaching as enlightening. He presents it as life-changing. Millions follow his deceptions simply because they don't know God's truth. That's why I, I try and remind every one of you, I mean, uh, go back and, and flesh out what I share with you on a Sunday morning. I, I make mistakes. Study for yourself. Isaiah chapter 8 describes the darkness that results from people who ignore God's word. So the simple question is, are you ignoring God's word? And if you are, listen to the words of Isaiah chapter 8, verses 20 through 22, because these are important for us, folks. Here's what he says. Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. So this is a warning that's coming up to us. If, there's your conditional clause, if anyone does not speak according to this word, the word of God, they have no light of dawn. Okay? Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged and looking upward will curse their king and their God. Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom. And they will be thrust into utter darkness. You can't ignore the word of God and walk in the light of God. You just cannot do that. They don't go together. So are you unfolding God's word into your life? Darkness is a result of attempting to find truth without the word of God. Do you know people who do that? They're always seeking truth, but they're never consulting the word of God. A lot of people do that, and sadly, as Isaiah says, when people do not have the dawn, they wander around and often become very angry at God. They refuse to come to him for any kind of help in life, uh, and this is why Satan, he masquerades as an angel of light, and that's why it's so effective, because you don't have to seek the truth of God's word. You can falsely follow one who is going to uh, lay out for you a truth, if you will, a relative truth, it's not absolute. That's why you have to be in God's Word. God's Word is absolute truth. 
But Satan likes this relative truth, and a lot of people are falling to the wayside because they fall into this relative truth. When you're not in God's word, it turns white to black and black to white and gets us believing that God is the liar, that God is the source of darkness. Then in our distress, we focus our hatred towards the only one who can actually save us. Therefore, we must make sure we are following the right light. So I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Just be in God's word each and every day. If I ask you right now, what have you, outside of Psalm 119.105 and Psalm 119.130, what passage have you spent time on this morning? Have you been in God's word? Have you asked God to unfold his word in your heart? Did you just get up, rush around, hurry up to get here to church because it's snowing. We better get a move on. We got to get there before the good seats are taken. Or did you slow down to prepare to worship the creator of the universe and get in his word? And that's not to chastise. That's just to say, folks, this is real stuff that we talk about. This is real for your day in, day out living. I just want to encourage you to do that. I think it's so helpful when we begin our day in God's word. I mean, I've said this every week and I'll keep saying it's why every morning when we come together as a staff, that's something we do is we read a chapter out of God's Word, and I know that's not a lot. For some of you, you're like, wow, a whole chapter, and for others of you, you're like, well, we read about six or seven. That's fine. But the point is, we get into God's Word. We try and focus our minds on what His Word has to say. And so I just want to encourage you to do that. Take a 30-day challenge with us, all right? Get in God's Word every morning for 30 days. Let's post it. What have you read? What have you shared? Blow up Facebook with good stuff, all right? Make it, make it spark with real good stuff. And I know there's some of you in here, you have great ministries on Facebook through God's Word. Keep it up. So why does God want us to walk in the light of His Word? A couple of things I want to share with you. First, so that you avoid spiritual darkness. That makes sense, right? God wants you to walk in the light of His Word so that we can all, all avoid spiritual darkness. Spiritual darkness is the state of a person who is living apart from God. If you're not in God's word, you're living apart from God. The Old Testament book of Isaiah in, pro in prophesying of the Messiah speaks of a very deep spiritual darkness that enveloped the people. They weren't in his word. And Isaiah 9, 2 says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. This passage, it reappears again in a form in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, to announce that those who have uh, come to know the God of Israel through his son Jesus Christ are the ones who have been delivered from spiritual darkness and they now walk in the light of God's life. That's what God wants for each and every one of us. The apostle John taught that God is light in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. And I like the way the NLT says it. So if you're on a smartphone, you can just flip over to the NLT and follow along with this. But it says this, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. So this is what Jesus taught John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Remember him? This is what he taught John and the rest of the disciples. He says, God is light light. Now hang on to that. Circle that, memorize that, put that somewhere in your mind. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. Which means we need to let God's word be the light into our path, a lamp 
to our feet, right? So that we can make sure we're walking in God's light. And then he says, and we are not practicing the truth. We're not practicing the truth if we're not engaged in God's word. Spiritual darkness means not having fellowship with God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you really want fellowship with God, you have to be in his word. You have the spirit of God in your heart. Feed him with the word. There is nothing more powerful than the Word of God for your life. People try and come up with all kinds of creative things to say. Read the Word of God. Read it out loud. Pray the Word of God. Those are powerful prayers. The, the prayers, uh, people who pray out of Scripture, I love it. You know why? Because it is the power of the Holy Spirit praying those words. This is inspired by God. I, I don't think that... Your inspiration's more powerful than God's. My inspiration definitely is not more powerful than God's. God's word is awesome for our lives. And there are all kinds of people walking around in, in spiritual darkness. The darkness of separation from God is overcome through Christ. Listen to how John said it in John 1, 4 through 5. In him was life. You're familiar with that. You've read John 1. In him, Jesus was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He penetrates the darkness. From the moment Adam and Eve sinned, humans have lived in a fallen world. All people are in a fallen state of sin and separation from God. Until a person is reborn of God's Spirit, they live in spiritual darkness. Sin darkens our understanding. It destroys our spiritual sight. It cloaks us in deep darkness. King Solomon wrote in Proverbs 4.19, he said this, he said, But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. They don't know what makes them stumble. It's like that late night, early morning, you know, when it's pitch dark in your bedroom and nature wakes you, and you got to stumble to the bathroom. And you stub your toe or you trip over your dog or you fall and on your face or whatever it is. I mean, you're stumbling through the dark. That's the way a lot of people are going through life. A lot of people are stumbling through the dark. Moses compares this state of sin and disobedience to groping about like a blind person in the dark. One of Job's friends speaks of those who are lost in spiritual darkness. In Job chapter 5, Verse 14, Job wrote these words. He said, darkness comes upon them in the daytime. At noon, they grope as in the night. These are people who are spiritually blind. These are people who are ignoring the will and the word of God. Living in rebellion to God and his will is equivalent to living in spiritual darkness. When the Lord commissioned the apostle Paul, he said in Acts 26, he said this to Paul, he said, I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes. Now he means to open their, the eyes of their heart spiritually. I am sending you to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. The Apostle Paul describes those in a sinful state before knowing Christ as possessing a darkened 
closed mind and a hardened heart. That describes every person in this room before they came to know God, whether you want to admit it or not. Ephesians 4.18 says, They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Have you ever just met people you can't have a conversation with? They're just hardened in their hearts. They're hardened in their understanding. And nothing you say uh, is going is to change their mind, and nothing they're going to say is going to change your mind. And so that's what happens a lot of times. We all get hardened in the heart, and we're all stubborn. But when we have the light of God's Word, it, it softens our heart. It helps us to understand. There's not just two sides to every situation. There's three or four or five. We need to look at them from all angles. Unbelievers live in spiritual darkness because Satan, the God of this world, has blinded their minds. And so they cannot see the glorious light of the gospel. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, he said, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. What's your vision right now? Do you see the glory of God in everything that you're engaged with? Is there a way that you can glorify God? Do you see his glory or are you blinded? Do you see the darkness? Spiritual darkness refers to all that is in opposition to the light of God's love in Christ. The good news that Jesus brings to this world is that his light, his life-giving spirit, floods light and life into the spiritual darkness of a sinner's heart. The one who opened the eyes of the blind can also bring us out of spiritual darkness. Listen, no matter, no matter how deep You've fallen into that darkness. The light of God's love and his truth overcomes every sin that separates us from God. There's nothing you do or, or have done that can separate you from the love of God except rejecting to accept his awesome gift and his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And once you accept that gift, there's not a sin that can separate you from God. And we can know this. You can know this for yourself when you let the Word of God be a lamp to your feet and you allow it to be a light to your path. So why does God want us to walk in the light of His Word? Well, to walk in His light. It's just what it is. He wants us to walk in His light. He wants us to grow. He wants us to live in His light. In Christian circles, when we use the term walk in the light, we're usually talking about acting correctly or, or living openly. Biblically, however, the phrase has the idea of uh, relinquishing sin by following Jesus. That's what it means, letting go of sin so you can follow Jesus. The only Old Testament occurrence of this precise phrase is found in Isaiah 2, 5, and it says, O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Now, in the New Testament, walking in the light is directly related to following Jesus, who said in John 8, um, verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but we'll have the light of life. Doesn't that sound awesome? I mean, there it is. It's right there for each and every one of us. It's an awesome promise. And while this verse does not directly say walk in the light, it does say it. It warns of doing just the opposite. Therefore, those who follow Christ are walking in the light. And to walk is, in short, the way we live. It's about our lifestyle. The word walk also indicates progress. 
Okay? It means that we're maturing. We're growing. Light in the Bible can be a metaphor for life, happiness, righteousness, understanding, all kinds of things. And the Bible is clear that light comes from God. So all those things like righteousness and understanding and happiness for life, all those things, they come from God, who is the Father of the heavenly lights. Putting all this together, walking in the light means growing in holiness. It means growing and maturing in, in the faith as we follow Jesus. Does that describe your life? How do we do this? How, how do we let the, his word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path? What's that look like? Well, it's when we allow God's word to shed light on everything in our lives. When we allow God's word to uh, inform us about our relationship issues. Are you arguing with your spouse? Are you fighting? Are you fussing? Are you nitpicking? Then I would contend that first thing that both of you need to do is get in God's word. That's the first thing. Because your marriage is about God first, your spouse second. You come in somewhere third, fourth, or fifth. That's the approach you should take. It's when you allow God's word to speak into your life on your finances. Are you struggling financially? Maybe you are, maybe you're not. I don't know. But if you are, I can tell you, you need to get into God's word. And if you're not struggling financially, I'm going to tell you, you need to get in God's word. Because God's word directs us in how we handle our finances whether we have a lot or we have little it tells us exactly all of us it tells us how to live according to that you having trouble with parenting issues you got teenagers toddlers driving you nuts wearing you out get into god's word start there career paths educational systems all that stuff. God's Word can shed light on all that. That's how we practically live that out. Everything can and should be filtered through the light of God's Word. The Apostle John repeatedly used the light metaphor in relation to the Messiah. For example, he writes that Jesus is the true light that gives light to every man, right? And in, John, in 1 John 1, 7, he said, if we walk in the light, if, 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 if we walk in the light as he, God, is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. In verse 5, John says that God's very nature is light. Jesus, then, is the conduit or provider of the light to the world. Our Christian duty is to live in the light God gives. When we walk in the light, we cannot walk in darkness. Can't walk in both. Sin is left in the shadows as we let our light shine before men. It is God's plan for us to become more like Christ. And this happens as we let his word become a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So why does God want us to walk in the light of his word? Finally, so we can be children of the light. As we spend time in the light of God's word and God's word makes its dwelling in our hearts we will begin to reflect the light of God to other people they'll be able to see it and this doesn't happen naturally we have to work at it now don't misunderstand what I'm saying I'm not saying you have to work for your salvation you can't work and earn that it's a free gift freely given you have to accept it and you have to open that gift and you have to apply it to your life but you can't earn it. 
But what you do have to work at is being a disciple, being a light bearer, if you will, for God, being an ambassador for Christ wherever you go in life. Paul puts it like this in Ephesians 5.8. And as a matter of fact, why don't you go ahead, and if you haven't been following along, why don't you go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. And that's in the New Testament. Go there in your Bible, on your smart device, wherever. But Ephesians 5, verse 8. Because I want to I kind of walk through this just a little bit. This is, this is good. Why, uh, so so um, what I want you to notice is this. Ephesians 5.8. For you were once darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. I hope that blesses your heart. I really do. And he says, so live as children of light. I really hope you find comfort in that. Because notice what Paul doesn't say. Paul doesn't say, you used to live in darkness. No. Paul doesn't say, oh, there was darkness all around you. No. He says very clearly, he says, Hey, Donnie Case, you, my friend, you are darkness. Until I came into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, I was darkness. And I got a little secret for everybody else. So were you. I don't care if you were raised in a Christian home. You were darkness until you personally accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You don't, get, you don't become children of light on mom and dad's coattails. This is a personal decision that you make. But I was darkness. And when I accepted Christ, guess what? Paul says, you are light. It's not that I reflected light, I, I am light. He says, but now you are light. So here's what I hope blesses you. You are light. You have a radiance about you, or you should. A real light that attracts people not to a fake flame like our enemy, but to the real flame, to the real light, because God lives within you. doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. I'm not trying to say that at all, but it means you have a light. The light of God lives within you. When God saved us, He opened the eyes of our understanding so that we saw the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. We saw our true condition as guilty sinners. And if you've never acknowledged that in your life, then it's hard to turn from that. But that's what we were. We also saw the all-sufficiency of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross to cover all our sins. We celebrate the resurrection and the ascension, the reality that he now reigns at the right hand of God in heaven, and nothing will overcome him. And we should have that light, and we should have that confidence. The things that happen on this earth that get us all distracted and, and get us all angry and worked up and fired up, it's craziness. We're looking into the dark when we start doing that. We have the light of God living within us, and he's more powerful than any force on this earth. That's who I serve. That's my God. And I hope you know him. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Your light 
Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Evidently, Jesus thought living as children of light means that as Christians, we are always, always, not whenever we feel like it, not on a good day, but always expected to let our behavior and to let our actions reflect in such a way that others in the world will see them and give credit and glory to our Father in heaven. Now, I struggle with that on days. And you probably do too. But listen, we've got that power within us that can allow us to live that way. And this is to be true in all areas of our lives. As children of Christ, our light has to shine. We have to be the bright and radiant light of Christ in this dark world. Walking in the light of God's Word can be hard. It's not easy. That's why it needs to be the lamp to our feet, the light to our path. A lot, of, a lot of churches and church leaders have bought into the idea that the church should be a place that doesn't confront sin anymore, that doesn't address righteous living, that doesn't talk about God's judgment, that doesn't talk about God's wrath. These kinds of churches would rather ignore the dangers of Satan, our enemy, who's camouflaged in light and allow people to walk in the dark so that no one's offended and all people hear is how much God loves them. Well, listen, God does love us. He loves us so much that he gave his one and only son to die in your place. And because he loves us, he wants us to expel the darkness by allowing his word to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So I just want to close with a question. I want you to take it seriously. Are you wandering in darkness? Or are you being drawn to the light of God's word? Are you stumbling around, tripping over every obstacle Satan lays in your path? Or are you allowing God's word to be a lamp to your feet and a light unto your path? Would you stand with me and put your mask on? And uh, I want to close this with prayer. Father, first of all, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for the, the gift of your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, who gives us life and who gives us light. Help our lights to shine brightly in this world that knows you less and less. And thank you for giving us your word. And God, I pray that your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.